Bienvenidos and welcome to the Jacobin Sports Show. I am Matthew Miranda, somewhat sick today. Joined, as always, by the too fine to stop Jonah Birch. Jonah Birch, what's going on with you in life? You are practically radiant today. Oh, that's so nice. Thanks. Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, I was I was playing ball yesterday, and uh, I feel like I played pretty well. You know, that always puts me in a good yep. mood for days. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I gotta say, for your illness, have you tried some ginseng? Some, you know, uh, like ginkgo uh, biloba. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Let me ask you something, because the Jackman Sports Show is all about clarifying stereotypes. How do you find socialists in general as basketball players versus non-socialists? Do the do the politics transfer to the court? Do your socialist friends pass the ball more? That's funny. Definitely not. Uh, and uh, I mean, look, there's, you know, there's a wide variety of socialists, a wide variety of games. Um, Jacobin editor mm-hmm. Bhaskar Sankara is, is an absolute gunner, an unconscious gunner. I've heard this. I've heard this. And yesterday when Shame we were playing, he, 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 we were on the same team and I'm like running around the court, you know, and I'm trying to run pick and rolls and, he just will not mm-hmm. fucking move from the three-point line, no matter what. <laughs> I scream yeah. at him. I cannot get him to move. I'm like, no. cut to the basket, you know? And anyway, I mean, he yeah. is the, he's the shortest uh, player on the court. And so, you know, and he, he is a, a good outside game. And he kind of yeah. rolls with that. And yet still, I was just like, you have to move. It, we're playing basketball. <laughs> like, Right. It's, it's not force. Right. It you know it requires you to move. <laughs> we were playing against some. I want to say they were like teenagers. Maybe they were twenty. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I feel like we held our own, but you know the athletic difference was mm-hmm. marked, noticeable. So mm-hmm. always, always a uh, how is Bascar's yeah. handle. He's all right. He's got an okay. He's all right. It's not. It's okay. not. It could use some work. He, he's a shooter. You know. He's a. His handle is fine. His handle is fine. Yeah. But he's not going. He's not taking the ball into the paint. And so uh, tell the truth. Just, if it's the last possession, he has the ball. He's you're guarding him one on one. He has to try to get to the bat to, to score. You're going to block that shot. You're saying. Absolutely, without question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, also enough that like, you know. Just, mm-hmm. just stick. You know, it's got to be white on rice on the perimeter, and uh, he's not gonna, he's not gonna drive by you. So, yeah. as long as you're you're in his face, he has a uh, surprisingly reliable J. So yeah, it's kind of a, you know, it's this strange sort of like, like you know, set shot. <laughs> like I think what? he's trying okay. to. You know, yeah. it looks it looks, <laughs> it looks like it. It's nineteen fifty three. Like he, he looks like he could play in in Hoosiers. You know, like you know, if there were South Asian <laughs> in Hoosiers, that's the kind of game game he has. So, so if anyone wasn't aware that we're no longer like formally sanctioned by Jacobin, this should be the only clip that you need to understand that we are a free floating satellite pod at this point. <laughs> All right. Um, lots to talk about today. Well, really, three things that we're going to talk about today. There's more we could, but 
there are limits. Um, we'll talk some NBA. For those of you who are my age, mentally or older, the World Series begins today as well. And Jonah, before the show, as we were sipping our lattes in the green room with some shocking um, shocking NFL news that we will get to maybe near the end. But basketball has just started. We clearly love basketball. Jonah Birch, I look at the standings right now, and obviously it's too early to do this, but I look at the East, and the Bucks are number one, which is not a surprise. And I look at number two, and there's a number of teams tied right now at number two. One of them, your Boston Celtics. Another one, if I'm reading this correctly, the three and one New York Knicks. Um, tell me what has stood out to you. I mean, there's so many weird. It's early. It's always weird when it's early. But if you look at the West right now, Utah, Portland, and the Spurs are all like in the play. What has what has been the most surprising thing that you've seen so far? From a team um, how about the surprising thing is the start of the Los Angeles Lakers. I thought uh, you might go there. I'm happy to go there with you. Absolutely not surprising at all. Second least surprising thing, the 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 uh, the difficulties that the Brooklyn Nets are experiencing. Third oh, least God. surprising thing, the deep this deeply flawed 76ers team that we're that people were were picking to go to the finals because honestly because i think nba media is and i want to be not insulting is pretty stupid pretty stupid and uh really struggles to pick up like what seemed to me to be pretty obvious problems around roster construction and they're just so enamored with reputations i mean there it's you know so many media people are just they're like Twitter bots. Uh, and, um, and I don't, you know, but like how people didn't see that the 76ers were going to have serious defensive problems in their backcourt. Like, I don't, like, mm -hmm. I, I, mm -hmm. that just seems so obvious to me, you know, and uh, I, like, I don't, they'll, they'll be able to outscore people, but the idea that they are going to be a, a good defensive team with Harden and Maxi in their backcourt that that's absurd to me. Oh, I anyway, I I'm sorry I didn't answer your question. I went in the other direction. Uh, no, no, we know, can go there too. I mean, I'm happy to. I mean, first of all, and how people, you know, people thought that, I, like the the Nets obviously were going to have serious problems. Okay, people had more of a you know a sense of that, but Ben Simmons has been out for two years, right? I mean, like, what uh, you know. No, no, for a no, year. no, 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 a year, but still. A year. I mean, if you count, it's been about a year and a half since he's played in a competitive NBA game. Yeah. Um, someone I saw on Twitter, someone wrote that the Ben Simmons stat line is just those three numbers on the back of your credit card, like the, the little three-digit number, because he's always putting <laughs> up like three points, seven rebounds, and like four assists. Um, yeah, so... Boy, there's a lot of places to start there. We'll start with the Nets. Um, it's not a surprise, but I think it's raised a question in my mind. There's always, I think, in my head anyway, been this assumption that, like, well, when they moved Harden for Simmons, it's a very different kind of player, and probably Harden still is is demonstrably better. But 
in Ben Simmons, the concept of Ben Simmons was still very exciting, I thought. Like, if you have on a team with Durant and Kyrie, it never really, it didn't seem to me like what the Nets needed was another scorer. So to add a guy with size who can pass, who could be a, a point center that you could kind of use the way the Warriors use Draymond, I thought that could work like well for them. But And it's very, very early so far, I know. But two things concern me. One is that Ben Simmons is a player for years that the league has known cannot shoot. And there is zero evidence either from the field or from the free throw line since he returned that he's improved at all, which is bizarre because the only thing you can work on when you're out for a year is your shooting. You know, it's really the only thing you can, you can copy. And he has shown no improvement on a human level. I get it. If I got Ben Simmons contract, whenever he got it a couple of years ago, I honestly, if I felt like I was having mental health issues, I would probably kick back and watch a lot of like Mike Flanagan miniseries or I would mess around on Twitter. I probably wouldn't work on my shooting either. So on a human level, I get Ben Simmons, but I think it's reinforced to me how tricky it is to count on a player who cannot shoot in the league the way it's constructed today. And that Ben Simmons is just not, he's not that guy. Um, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. He's, he's not that guy. Um, which is a major concern because if he's not great, they have problems. Yeah. Because – I mean, whatever. I mean, they yeah. still have some injuries, right? I mean, it's like Seth Curry and uh, – like We're trying to work to Harris back who has still been struggling a bit from the field. He's been struggling. You figure and, he remembers, um, you know. You know, uh, they're they're getting major minutes from David Duke, which is just never a good sign. You know, like that was and, oh, I know he's a different person, but I, I, I just want him out of the league because I'm tired of hearing that name. It's but. just so this poor kid who is this black professional basketball player, David Duke, David, David Duke, and he, anyway, he's from Rhode Island. Uh, did you see the Ben Simmons layup air ball against the Mavericks last night? I did not. Was I want you to go I have to look find the highlight of the Ben Simmons right. layup air ball. He's like he gets a pass. He's he's cutting through the lane and he just airballs it as and there's no oh. one in between him and the basket. I'm it's not it right now. Perfect. Oh, so here's the here's the worst part of it. Here's the worst part what? of it. It's not just that he literally he got a, a pass from Durant. Cutting to the basket. He's bigger than everyone who's contesting him. Not only does he airball the layup, but in like, this would bother me in a pickup game. He airballs the layup and then immediately like tries to catch it with his left hand. It's a travel, Ben. Everybody yeah. knows you can't catch your own shot. And no yeah. offense, but this is not the first airball of Ben Simmons' career. Like, he should know. Did you see what he said after the Nets had a. They had a one of their last pre, one of their last preseason days. They did a like an open an open an outdoor practice somewhere in Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. and all these people, all the you know the fans could come. So at, the, at some point in the practice, all the Nets are shooting at one basket, and it became kind of famous. Like Ben Simmons shot an air ball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was unfair to like get that one frame and be like, ah, Ben Simmons. But 
he keeps making it worse. So then Simmons is like, well, you know, there were like 12 other air balls. And I'm like, first of all, Ben, the correct answer is not to throw your teammates under the bus also. Like, don't do that. Like, the correct answer was not, I'm not the only one who shoots air balls. Um, the correct answer is just stop shoot. I literally can't remember. I've seen terrible shooters in my life. Terrible, terrible, terrible shooters. But I cannot remember an air ball king the way that Simmons is. I can't remember another player that you associate I mean, with air balls. Look, last night against the Mavericks, they got 37 from KD and 39 from Kyrie. They out-rebounded the Mavericks, right? They had more points in the paint, and they they got beat in overtime. And, you know, Luka gets a triple-double and is clearly, you know, is not no, Ben Simmons is not shutting him down, right? It's no. a team no. with major, major defensive problems, right? And, and those problems are not going to get solved, uh, you know, unless Ben Simmons turns back into the player he was two years ago, and even then, they are, have a lot of they have a lot of issues. It's possible, sure. I'm I'm generally willing to wait, you know, a couple of months, let the guy get in rhythm, and see what's there. But yeah, I think you know something I haven't heard yet. Maybe because it's too early to get into it, but. It's just because Ben Simmons, you know, is playing this year and is away from Philadelphia. Like, I think there was an assumption that I I held, I think a lot of people did, that whatever the mental issues, whatever he was saying that he was mentally struggling with last season, that kept him away from the court. I think a lot of fans assumed it's connected to the Sixers. Either you, even if you think he, if you think he's faking it, it's related to the Sixers. If he's not faking it, it's related to the Sixers. But there's no guarantee that because Ben Simmons now is back and playing, that whatever was plaguing him is resolved. Um, I'm not right. I'm not saying that's an excuse for his play, but we don't know that this person is like good to go anyway. So I want to give him some time, but not not so good early returns at all from Brooklyn. Uh, let me ask you a Sixer question before we get to the Lakers, because I know we're both okay. filming to get to them. Um, I've I've seen following Twitter fans, um, Sixer Twitter and Liberty Ballers, which is the great Sixer site. Um, a lot of Philadelphia fans, or at least the loud ones, are immediately insistent that Doc Rivers has got to go. Doc Rivers has got to be fired. They're tired of Doc Rivers. Um, you know Doc Rivers better than most people as far as a coach. Did Doc Rivers... Doc Rivers feels to me like he's gotten a lot of mileage out of one title. When you look back at the 08 Celtics, is it, you know what, they had so many great players, like they were probably going to win, and they still would have been great for a couple of years? Or do you think Doc Rivers was in any way essential to those Celtics winning a title versus generic coach X? I don't know if he was essential, but he was the right coach for that squad, I think. And um, Why? What made him, what made that squad and Doc Rivers fit with each other? You know, it was a it was a, a veteran team with players who kind of knew their roles and knew what they were supposed to do, and uh, but you know there were a lot of egos to manage and uh, like a lot of pressure on the team to get and he, it felt like he was very good at that both of those things and you know what do you think um, would translate to this team? You know, they have a lot of veterans. 
They seemingly yeah. have defined roles. Well, I don't know. I mean, this is a team with a lot of questions and a lot of things to figure out. Uh, you know, they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. What what kind of player James Harden is now? And I, I have no idea. I, I went to opening night in Boston, and uh, he was hitting everything right. Yeah, as I he had. A few, but he, it was clear, just like people have said, he can't get to the rim anymore. He can't get by anyone. Right, even as he no. was hitting everything, I, I mean, he was hitting absurd perimeter shots, and mm-hmm. and but it, he was not he was not able to get to, to the rim. Um, mm-hmm. And then conversely, Maxi is so fast in person, so fast with the ball, and so athletic, yeah. and able to do really, you know, a, a whole variety of things offensively. You know, I am. I find I'm much more afraid of Maxi if I'm uh, on the other team. I, and yeah. clearly, they have some things to figure out offensively, and what the Harden relationship with, you know, Embiid and Maxi is, and you know how mm-hmm. how that offense is structured. And then defensively, I'm telling you, they're going to have questions all year. I mean, teams with um, with with big athletic wings that rely on big athletic wings are going to give the Sixers problems. I mean, that's how it feels, you know, like, um, I mean, they they can't match up with the Celtics. The Celtics are a terrible matchup for them. Yeah. They're the worst team for them to play. I mean, Tatum and Brown can, are just going to do whatever the fuck they want against that team. I mean, anything they want, right. How people did not see, uh, this is what I mean. Tybal is not obviously what people had hoped he would turn into. He's not, a player who is, you know, like a serious option for who is defending on that team outside of outside of Joel Embiid, right? Like, I I, I don't I, I, like I don't understand how really, the really uh, PJ Tucker is the man for the job, right? So that's the thing is that they they got PJ Tucker to try and play that role. Well, I'll tell you, PJ Tucker on Tatum was not capable of doing shit. I mean, the guy is is eighty years old. He's he's, he's tough, a lot but he's smaller than yeah. He's just shoot small. over the top every single time. Five, yeah. right? Like yeah. I, yeah, I'm yeah, not, yeah. maybe PJ Tucker from three years ago. I I, I don't know, but it, it's just he. It feels like a <laughs> it's a ridiculous band aid. I, I don't get what people thought this team was going to be. I, there were all these people picking them for the finals, and I'm just really I'm really well, skeptical of that. And and frankly, they can fire Doc, and they probably probably they should at this point. I mean, it's just you know it obviously hasn't worked out. And by the way, I mean Doc also Doc has had some really he had one really good season with Orlando. Remember, he won Coach of the Year. He did, and then he got yeah. fired. And um, he was perfect for that Celtics team during that whole run. They actually overachieved at the tail end of that run. Um, I would yes. say, yeah, they know, did when they, they took Miami to seven, for example. Um, yeah. But, I, you know, after what happened with the Clippers and then with this thing, yeah, I mean, maybe Doc should go back to broadcasting right now. But fine, they can fire him. And he was a great broadcaster, wasn't he? He'd go, you know, mm-hmm. I think he, I remember him doing some finals games during maybe in the 04 season after he got fired by Orlando before he got fired uh, mm-hmm. hired by Boston. So, um, 
Yeah, so but that's not going to solve their problems, and they have roster construction issues. You know, I, I mean, it's clear to me that they have serious roster construction issues. So, I, I, I mean, Daniel House was going to solve this. Like that's the that's the the solution there. I, I'm not. You know, I'm really skeptical. I've that they they banked on Harden like three years too late. Right. You know. I don't yeah, totally. And but yeah, yep, and. He, he the the rest of the team doesn't fit. Yeah, they banked on him too late. It, the team does not fit together great. It doesn't feel like, um, you know, maybe as all like poor Joel Embiid. Poor Joel Embiid deserves deserves better. He deserves better than this career. But anyway, let's get to. So the Lakers are zero and four, which is beautiful enough. But here is their upcoming schedule. Tonight they play at Minnesota. You giving them a win or a loss? I mean, can you pick them in any game at this point? Then Sunday they host Denver. That's a loss. Wednesday they're at the Pelicans. That feels like a loss. A week from now they're home against Utah, which would seem like a win normally, except early in this season. And I'm going to ask you a little bit about Danny Ainge's second family in a bit. The Jazz are 4-1. and one. Um, if you go past that, I mean, the Lakers forget the Utah game, they could ex- very easily be 0 and 7 to start a season where LeBron and AD are both there for every game. That is astonishing. That is Rob Polinka's brain should be, you know, removed from his body after he dies, like Einstein, so they can study like what the hell this guy was thinking putting this team together. It is amazing to me. But the L.A. Lakers with LeBron, with Anthony Davis, are going to be like 0-7 to start the season. And what's um, funny is is that Anthony Davis, for all of his problems offensively, is still a great defender. And they're, mm-hmm. they, you know, they're not a uh, bad defensive team, right? I mean, they as long as A.D. is healthy, they're going to be a good defensive team. He's that good a defender, right? Um, now obviously he can't shoot, so, but, and, and right. And no one on that team can shoot. No one at all on that team can shoot. Uh, again, I, I almost, I feel bad for LeBron spending his twilight years. I mean, I feel a little less bad because he made this happen. He's the one who insisted on Westbrook. They were working on a buddy heel trade. And LeBron wanted Westbrook, and they got Westbrook. And but I, I feel bad for any fan, like on a narrative level, having you know from 2007 until 2020, LeBron James was basically in the title hunt every single season, and that made it interesting as a as a fan just to see how does this all time player produce against history, and now the oddity of LeBron on a Laker team that now this is one, two, three, this is going to be four out of five years in LA that they're not going to get even win a playoff series. Yep. That is remarkable and weird and beautiful in one sense. Um, but also just fucking weird. Every Laker yeah. game I've watched this year, Anthony Davis has gotten hurt at some point in the game. Um, like not just like, Oh, that looks like maybe he banged an elbow. Like, can't get up the floor, 
in transition because he's all the way on the other end because his back is a mess or something else is. I'm not coming down on him. That's his body. Like that's not his fault. Yeah. But this is a. This could be extremely ugly in a way that 29 fan bases are going to love to watch unfold this season. Um, absolutely amazing. I mean, it's great. It's yeah, I I, it I got to say, and you know, I have some real hardcore Laker fan friends. Not mm-hmm. a lot, but a few. And then I have some real bandwagon Laker f- fan friends. And uh, I wonder how long before they really, you know, they go f- fleeing for the hills. From I mean, the They're busting out those those Clipper basically. hats that you never saw before. <laughs> um, and you know who the future of the where the future of the league resides is clearly in New Orleans, right? You know, because the Pelicans are going to – where this could end up for them, given the draft capital they have from the Lakers. They have they have a swap with the Lakers this year. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, what if they could go deep into the playoffs and end up with – with um, what's his name? Uh, when when – why can't I pronounce it? They could get Victor Wimbayama. They could get Scoot Henderson. They could get Amon Imagine Thompson. Yeah, they're going to get a hunt. Ion front line. Like, that's a that's a crazy thought. Wimbayama, Zion Ingram. That's that would be. I know. Yeah. Anyway, that would be unbelievable. I know. So let me ask you about. Uh, this has been interesting to me as it's early, and I'm sure it won't last, but. Like, the Utah Jazz are, if they were a corporation, like, Ralph Nader would be investigating them and writing a book about it called, like, Unsafe at any, whatever basketball joke you want. Any tabernacle? They're designed designed to fail. The Utah Jazz are designed to fail, to lose games, to get a high draft pick because, great unspoken truth, Nobody in the world wants to go to Utah as a free agent. Nobody. So this is how they get stars. They mean to lose. They're four and one. If I'm a Jazz fan today and I'm excited that my team with my exciting new coach and all these other players are off to this great start, I don't expect the Jazz to win 50 games, but maybe they can be much better than people think. But how do you, like, you haven't had this, I don't think, as a Celtic fan because you don't have to go through but as a, as a fan of a crap team, is it well? Is it a betrayal that, of the fan base to be like, look, I don't care that we're winning. It's all about the future. It's all about upside and see. It, it feels to me very like, no, you know, a no, hedge fund that doesn't they care. Lose. If a company... No, they Probably? should lose. They should absolutely lose. I. He look. We didn't have to go through it with the Celtics because Danny made a trade with the Nets that meant right, that the Celtics right. could win and the Celtics could also have top draft picks. It's a bit like where the right, Pelicans right. are at, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Utah has a lot of draft picks they've they've accumulated, but that's not where they are, and they should lose. Uh, and I don't. I I think they will lose. I mean, if you look at this roster, I mean, I. Is Laurie Markkinen a star? Do you want to see what Laurie Markkinen Unleashed can do? Isn't that a dream of yours? It's funny. Do, do you <laughs> honestly? Do Do you think oh. that Markkinen Markkinen could be a good player? Right? He's decent. He's decent. 
He's not shooting the lights out from three so far, but he's he's playing. not as great of a three point shooter as his rep is. Like That's true. That's he can true. shoot, but he's not. This is not Terry Mills from distance. This is not you know Sam I mean, Perkins. You know who is a great three point shooter? Clearly, is Kelly Olynyk. Kelly Olynyk. What a beast he is! What a beast he has been for he's an this. What? He's an interesting dude. I would like. I would love for the Celtics to reacquire him. Um, you he's know, a perfect Celtic. I don't know how much of a defender he is at this point, but um, he could certainly shoot the ball. Um, mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, they should lose. They will lose, right? I, it doesn't. You you can't keep this up with you know a thirty five year old Mike Conley and. Um, I mean, Dave I Clarkson you know, will probably trade. Um, they were Clarkson's played else. really well for them. Clark, Clarkson's been great for mm-hmm. them, right? I mean, that's yeah. um, someone's so going to pick him up this year. I mean, they have some interesting players. I mean, how old is Jared Vanderbilt? Is he? Um, he's very young. He's very young still, um, right? Is he twenty two? Twenty? He's young. Oh God, yeah, he, he might be like twenty two. Yeah, I mean, he's he's like. an interesting player. You know, for mm-hmm. for. Um, you know, Beasley is, I think he's a little bit older, but he's an interesting player too. A little bit. I mean, I he's good. I don't know what Sexton's Sexton. 23. Um, Sexton's like 22. He's very young. Is he? Yeah, um, he's very young. I remember when all the Lakers fans were telling us that Taylor Horton Tucker was going to be a, like a star. Oh my God. He's why Alex Caruso is in Chicago. Because they decided, rather than paying Caruso less, they would give Horton Tucker like a three-year, $30 million contract, and now he's gone. Um, I saw a stat. The Lakers could have had Caruso, Kyle Kuzma, and like two other good people, uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, and one other good player, and still be spending less money than they are paying Westbrook. It's hilarious. They could have kept all these guys and been... Uh, well, let's not avoid the elephant in the room, Jonah. Um, a lot of NBA fans obviously very frightened that the 3-1 and New York Knicks might be indicative of a return to glory for the NBA's flagship franchise. Okay, um, NBA's flagship franchise? Let's take it down a notch. You know, I was like, how many keywords do I have to throw out before Jonah fights back about this one? <laughs> um, three and one. Um, Jalen Brunson, I have to say, last year I was completely ambivalent about getting him. I just thought, all right, he's a decent, you know, he's a whatever guard. Jalen Brunson is better than I realized. I'm not yeah, saying he he's an MVP. He looked really great he's last not, He is... He's good, man. And young player Julius Randle looks completely different playing with a good point guard. Um, some of the young players doing very nicely. I mean, in in reality, the Knicks are about to play a, a monstrous seven game stretch. That I will be if they go three and four, I'll be happy. Um, so, but it's been nice to see. Who are they playing? It's been nice. To see. They get the Bucks, Cleveland, the Celtics, the Sixers, the Nets. Um, and two other teams that are much better than them. Oh, the Timberwolves and 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 one other team. It's a it's a really bad stretch of games. Most of the five of them are on the road. Like it's going to be tough. 
Um, well, one thing they, I'll they, say, yeah. What okay. one thing I'll say for this team is that they have a rotation filled with a bunch of guys who are in their mid twenties, who are who are clearly talented, right? You know, and obviously, like Fournier is the veteran, and Julius Randle mm-hmm. must be. He must. He's forty-seven, I think. Yeah. Um, but they're not relying on Derrick Rose, in, you know, the way they have in the past. And you ha- guys, ha- you have people like Barrett and Mitchell Robinson and Reddish and Obi Toppin, and then you know, Reddish Brunson. has been nice. Yeah, Red- Reddish has done, Reddish has done well. And, and Brunson is is a guy who's just entering his prime, clearly, right? So there's yeah. some talent there. I. Uh, like, I mean, anyway, I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it how it holds up the rest of the season and whether Julius Randle, um, mm-hmm. which Julius Randle you're going to get. I also played really well last night. You know, was it last night? They went, they won the overtime. No, two, two, two nights ago. Two nights ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I was watching that game. Brunson looked, Brunson looked great, you know, and um, – mm-hmm. You can look on the sideline and see his dad, and that's just really exciting. You know, it's a whole family thing. No, I'm just – there's a lot of corruption there, but that's all right, you know. <laughs> you are not wrong at all. I'm going to – I'm gonna. I already wrote about Rick Brunson. I'll save that for another episode. Um, the, the great mystery of the next season, and I'm trying to figure out how to write, like, a, a story about this. There's a lot of suspicion that the whole turnaround and like some things are happening that are unusual. And I think Tom, I don't know what happened in the off season, but Tom Thibodeau came back with a beard and bearded Thibodeau is not at all the same creature as clean shaven Thibodeau. This oh, guy, he is exciting. I don't know. It's like a dark Brandon thing. I don't know what's going on with Tom Thibodeau, but bearded Thibodeau is not the same creature and I'm loving it. That's awesome. very exciting. Um, perhaps less exciting to some people. The World Series begins this evening as the Philadelphia Phillies will be visiting the Houston Astros. I'm not interested in an XYZ breakdown because I don't think either one of us cares that much. But I'm just curious where your soul where your soul resides with this series. Do you care? At all, who wins the World Series? Do you have a rooting interest? Who are you rooting for? Go go Astros. You know, go Astros. Are you serious? No, that's the wrong answer, Jonah. No, I know. Look, while you I'm never I will never root for a Philadelphia team. Never. Ever. Yeah. Never ever. Uh, Okay. And uh, I like this. Yeah. And I am I'm zagging against the hypocrisy of all of you people who are up in arms lecturing Houston about cheating. You know, like, <laughs> when when the Yankees give back the 2009 World Series because of, you know, all the juicers who were... Oh, nine. Let's take it back to 96 and Jeffrey Mayer. Yeah, how about that? Right. You know. Back too. Um, I, I then... You can talk, but I, you know, the idea, anyway, I'm so, I, I don't believe for a second 
that the Astros were somehow unique in their sign stealing. I don't, I don't buy that. I don't believe that. Everyone is so, you know, I, I think every team was doing it. And, um, you know, the Astros obviously very prominent and got caught. Um, and I, the fact that they just swept the Yankees makes me so happy. And I'm definitely, I'm, I'm really rooting for them. I mean, they, they, that is such a talented team, right? It's a 106-win oh, team. Um, it's a team with with so much and, um, you know, so many players who are just so, so good at, um, yeah. So I, I'm, I'm rooting for them over the upstart Phillies. You're rooting for the, the Phillies. One, well, the Mets won 101 games this year and I saw them play the Dodgers, the Astros and the Yankees and the Braves, who were the four other teams with the best records. The Mets were dead even with the Braves. They were dead even with the Dodgers. I'm pretty sure they won the season series with the Yankees. They, the Astros were the only team the Mets played who looked like they're a little bit above. Like, they were a problem to deal with. They've been a problem for years. Um, I mean, Justin Verlander is unbelievable and is, is the, the best pitcher since Pedro Martinez. I mean, he's just, like, he's so good. And if he's long- not cheating, this is this is the most remarkable thing I've ever seen from a pitcher, because he's like forty, and this is going to be probably like three Cy Youngs in a row, um, and he just looks like he's crazy. He's crazy. Um, I, I mean, mean Jose Altuve like was incredible. Twelve years ago, it looked like he yes. had people, you know. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It doesn't make sense. Um, but not only so he's a free agent this summer. I mean this winter. Um, if they don't keep him, someone's gonna give him enormous money for a couple of years. Like he's been great. Yeah. Um I'm rooting for the Phillies because um I don't have a conflict of interest where like let's say my football team has been accused of cheating a bunch also, so I have uh, to sign with the Astros. Oh, like, I don't have I don't that's just my life, but I don't have that. Um no, I'm rooting for the Phillies because it's actually a reversion to childhood. Like when I was a kid, I would always root for the National League just because I was a Mets fan. So I was rooting for the National League. And I hate the Phillies as a Mets fan, but I love Bryce Harper. I've always loved that guy. He plays the game so hard. He's such an amazing um, baseball player. You know, people forget, or I don't know if they forget, but like, Bryce Harper, Sports Illustrated, called him the LeBron James of baseball before he had been drafted. Um, And Bryce Harper used to bother people because he would get sent to these leagues when he was super young, and people were like, who does this guy think he is? And he would dominate. I think it's great for the game. I wish the Angels could get their shit together so Mike Trout could appear on that big stage. But as a, if you love baseball, seeing Bryce Harper at this stage is going to be incredible. Like, so, so much fun. Kyle Schwarber is basically like Casey at the bat. The guy is yeah. either going to walk, strike out, or hit a home run 500 he's feet. Great. He's got a lot of fun to root for, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah. Yeah. So I, here's, I, what's, here's I, what's shocking. Go ahead. Well, Go ahead. No, I, I just wanted to say that I now that I've, you know, the anti-old-school kind of purist on the so-called cheating scandals, I will say I object to the team that finished third in their division being able to make the World Series. I hate the expanded playoffs. Yeah. 
I'm just, I, mean, I, I, I agree. Understand. You know, I agree. I, and baseball has gone away from this. Baseball has spent the last 55 years going toward this. So, yeah, but slowly, slowly, you, and then all at once. And yeah, I, I definitely, trust me, like my team was better than the Phillies all year. My team hammered the Phillies all year. And because my team lost two of three one weekend, they're gone. But um, what struck me watching this Philly run was one of my favorite non-Met teams ever. And I, I always thought of them as like the ancestral 04 Red Sox, in a sense, was the 93 Phillies. Um, the 93 Phillies got to the World Series against the Blue Jays. If you remember, these are the Phillies of Lenny Dykstra and Kurt Schilling and um, Darren Dalton and John Mitch Williams. And, and they were so fun because stylistically, those Blue Jays were a very, like, you know, clean-shaven. Even though they were Canada, they were basically like America's like Joe Carter. And and uh, they were really – they were – the Phillies were a bunch of dirtbags. But uh, what's so funny is that – Literally, they were – I mean, not good – people right this so this is what i was going to say like the first team i grew up loving was the 86 mets and in retrospect the 86 mets were not like humanity's greatest assortment of people no the 93 Phillies Phillies have some really i mean really really interesting Characters, Kurt Schilling, we know about Kurt Schilling. Just meaning Darren Dalton, who before he died was arrested like five times for hitting his wife. Yes, Darren Dalton had major problems. Um, Kurt Schilling did. Lenny Dykstra, need I say more? Jesus Um, Christ! I mean, it's like the oh god, Lenny Dykstra is fucked up. (laughs) I don't know what to say. Yeah, that's it. You just said it. That's all you had to say about Lenny Dykstra, but. That Philly team, as a child, just planted enough of a seed that, like, now this team, I see a bunch of beards, and I see guys with long hair, and they're Phillies, and on some level, and really, I think it's because if Harper wasn't there, I don't think I'd care at all, but I really like him, and that, plus me being young enough at the time not to know what dicks all the 93 Phillies were, I'm rooting for the Phillies. We need to make a Jackman sports show. World Series bet, the way that mayors always do. Or like Philadelphia will send the mayor of Houston, you know, a hundred cheesesteaks, and Houston will send them like some prime, some prime beef. Um, we gotta think. We gotta think of a bet at some point. I'll, I'll announce it online, but we have to make some bet about Houston versus Philadelphia. Okay. All right. Last story of the day. We're gonna end on a little bit of heartbreak. Jonah reported earlier before the show that the Tom Brady, Giselle, I never want to say, I just call her Giselle because I don't know exactly how to say her last name. Bunche. It doesn't look to me like, it doesn't look like it fits. It's like this German last name with a Brazilian, no. Yeah, but there's a Tom ton Brady of in, in Brazil. It's I a, know, but I don't want to necessarily get into why there's a ton of Germans in Brazil. No, Tom B and Giselle B are apparently divorcing. I take no... I mean, I think this is very sad. They have children. Um, it seems like no one knows anything from the outside, but, like, from a from a, from a a civilian point of view, 
the narrative seems to be that Brady was going to retire. For some reason, he decided he didn't want to retire and that that bothered Giselle. And I mean, it's obviously sad for the family. And I've, I, you know, my parents split up. I know how not fun that can be for children. But where it really hits me is when you watch Brady, I can't help feeling this. Even for all the success he's had, I can't help feeling for him like he should not suffer this season with these bucks after making that decision. Like, if you're going to leave Giselle for football, like, you need to be on a team that finishes, like, you know, 13 and 3, not these Buccaneers. He looks so, and again, this is all outside, like, amateur <coughs> body language, but, like, he looks skinny and miserable and has to be because his personal life has to be. I went through a breakup this year. We were together probably about as long as Brady and Giselle. Um, it's hell. It's not fun like at all. And I don't have the public aware of it or commenting on it or anything. Um, I usually will take any joy in Tom Brady's suffering because I feel like you've had enough. But I just think this is very sad. And I, and for all of them, for her, for him. Um, I will say the only thing funny. You know, guidance. Only thing yeah. Tell me. He needs my guidance. On, he on... does. No, no, I'm going to say this, and this is true, and I think I'm the first person who has gone on the air saying this on the record. You look better right now than Tom Brady. That's you look a... happier than Tom Brady. Wow. Tom Brady needs, Tom Brady needs to take the, the JB12, <coughs> whatever your supplements are. Yeah. You need to be giving Tom Brady the good stuff because he is hurting. Oh, my God. The JB12 method, you know? Uh, what is the JB12 method? Just <laughs> what, what what does the JB12 method encourage for breakfast? Is it a a bacon egg and cheese from your local bodega? With small pepper ketchup, a Marlboro, and a, and some human growth hormone. You know, <laughs> I think that's the Justin Verlander method. Um, uh, the only thing, the only reason that this story has brought me any comedy is. The number of nudniks on Twitter who seem to think that Giselle did all this because she's after Tom Brady's money. Do you have any idea how much money this woman made before she met Tom Brady? I mean, she's doing she's okay. at least, yeah, at least as well as he is. Probably, probably better. Probably I would say better financially. I, I, I uh -huh. mean, uh -huh. I. Whatever. They're both going to be fine, but they definitely, like, yes. wasn't, uh, um, that was not a major consideration here. Um, it is, it's sad when any, anyone, you know, any relationship ends. Uh, I would suggest listening to my, you know, I have some good breakup songs for that could send Tom Brady. I feel like I always go and people think this is really basic to like Paul Simon's Graceland, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. really great songs after his breakup with Carrie Fisher there. And, you know, big Paul Simon guy, my, myself. Nice. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, all, all my friends kind of hate him, but uh, I think it's because they're anti-Semites. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's my interpretation of, of that. Uh, yeah, they, they you know, 
Especially the Jewish ones. You know what I mean? My, no one is more of an anti-Semite than my Jewish friends all sound to me like Kanye West all the time. You know, so. There's uh, a funny intersection there. There is a funny, um, there's a funny intersection. Anyway, poor Tom Brady. Uh, I will be sending him some, some good breakup music and some love life advice, you know, about how to move forward in these situations. So. For our Patreon subscribers, this will be an exclusive JSS After Dark pod episode where we turn it up to NC-17 and really get real. Um, exactly. Also, <laughs> I think that uh, when you break up, one of the sad things you find about it is that it's the basic song. Like, basic songs will suddenly start hitting you really hard. Really hard. Really I hard. Know. Oh my god! Really hard. You get so corny so quickly for a You're while. Like, now I understand what everyone was. No, um, there's a Beatles song called um, "It's About a Woman Leaving You." I'm dead. Several. She's, she. Uh, she's. Wait, wait, wait. Paul McCartney sings it. Uh, I can't believe I can't think of the title now. But I remember my best friend at the time had to literally like in college. Like take my Walkman from me, and was like, you cannot listen to the. I had listened to that song, like a hundred times, and she's like, you're not allowed to listen to it anymore. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. At some point, well, you tell me this to save you from yourself. What do you play to pump yourself up and to get back in the game? Um, like when Jonah Birch is getting all dolled up for date night, right? What does Jonah when I go Birch to the gym, have? Also, also Graceland. Also, Paul Simon, you know. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes, little Simon and Garfunkel. Nothing, nothing pumps you up for the gym more than Simon and Garfunkel. You I was know. Say. Yeah. Um, I listen to uh, "Deep Gully" by the Outlaw Blues Band. Great song. Mm. That's that's okay. what's screwed up now. I listen to Kanye. I was just listening. I was going to ask you, are you, are you still, are you still pro yay? I mean, thinking, <laughs> I, I yelled at, I, I yelled at someone yesterday when I took him to the hole playing basketball. I'm taking you to school. We're, we're taking you to Donda Academy. <laughs> get it. You know? <laughs> if you have to explain it, they don't deserve to know. They don't deserve um, to know. Yeah. yeah. Did you know that that school has three? Including number eight, they have three of the top fifty um, basketball recruits in the country, including someone who's number eight. I know. Um, and now they're they've shut down. Whatever, they've shut down. Um, yep. People don't want to talk about the Kanye thing with me anymore. I, I, you know, I had my hot take defense of Kanye West, which was, yeah. you know, he's he's obviously he's gone through a lot. You know, it doesn't uh, – actually, some of the things he said aren't that different than things that have been said in rap songs for a long time. I mean, you could listen to easy yeah. songs where he's like, you want to know why Jewish people own all the property in America? You know, um, mm -hmm. and uh, as, a, as a Jewish person, like, I'm just not – it doesn't offend me. It doesn't – I don't care. Uh, it, I, it has no impact on my life whatsoever. I no no Jewish people I know. It has no impact on their life. But he has gone. Apparently, he wanted to name his 2018 album Hitler, 
So, <laughs> did you read this? He has a whole thing no. about how Hitler, but I think he just admires like the megalomania. Like he's like, he did such yeah. a good job. But I do feel like, mm, you know, Madonna was a megalomaniac too. You could, you could follow her. It's really and true. not Hitler. There are different directions <laughs> you go with your. There are a lot of ways you can play it. I feel like um, um, the actual, like, you know, when you actually are pro Hitler, that's like a line cross. It's hard to uncross that line. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I do. I fuck, you want to go DEFCON three on Jewish people? You know, I've been working out. Con- whatever, you know. Uh, <laughs> it does. DEFCON 3 sounds like a Jean-Claude Van Damme movie. It's true. I saw someone point out on Twitter that he said DEFCON 3. He meant DEFCON 3. But he couldn't remember whether DEFCON 1 or DEFCON 5 was (laughs) So we split the difference. (laughs) That was great. (laughs) That lets you know that there's still a healthy Kanye in there somewhere. (laughs) He's just like, I'm just (laughs) crying. Trying to get out. Oh I never thought of that. That's brilliant. That is so funny. <laughs> so, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. Me and Steven Seagal in DEFCON three on Jewish people. You know. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, what would what would, the, what would the con mean if it started? What does no, I, I can't even think of what DEFCON would mean. I don't. Um, I, don't I don't. Um, I don't get it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's a, um, <laughs> it's a, it's a strange, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, what is Def Defcon is def, defense something? Defense, defense. I'm gonna look it up. I don't. Defcon. It keeps coming up as a hacker convention. Um, oh, condition. Condition. Ah, defense readiness condition. Yep. So he was so he was talking about death, death condition three. <laughs> I think death condition three is when you've been bitten by the zombie, but you haven't turned all the way yet. Maybe that's what he meant. Yep. Anyway. All right, well, Pete Kanye. I'll still listen to your music the same way. Yeah. Um, yeah. And let, let's put the offer out now on the air in case he's listening, which I'm sure he is. Yay. We will put you and Jonah, Steel Cage, three minutes, winner take all. You just say the time and the place, okay? Yeah. If you're not afraid to run up on Park Slope, bring it. I mean, okay? at least we can, we can, you know, arm wrestle or something, you know? Like, we'll do it all for charity. We'll do it all for the Dondra School. Yeah. <laughs> Fundraiser for Dondra. Yeah, for Dondra. Okay. I think... <laughs> I think we've covered it all today, so um, I want to thank everyone who has listened to this episode. Please remember, as you've heard us pitching relentlessly, there is a Patreon. I have bothered to learn how to pronounce it correctly, so you can bother to subscribe. It's at patreon.com slash Show. We're also on Twitter at Sports. You can email us at jackamansports at gmail.com. That will be all for this episode. We will talk to you next week. We will have some announcement for the World Series bet. We will see if Kanye dares clap back at Jonah. um, And we will pick up other sports stories at the time as well. Everybody, take care.
Happy Halloween, etc., etc.